So we'd like to start our morning uh, with some meditation together. And for this morning's session, I'd like to offer a slightly different meditation based on the text that we invited you to read yesterday, which is, as you saw, a text about speech and a text about how do we respond when others speak to us in ways that we don't enjoy. And so this whole story of this incident that happened between this monk and uh, other people who were saying things about the nuns who he was very close with and how angry he got and um, the Buddha telling this uh, story about um, the, uh, the mistress and her uh, servant, uh, the mistress who had this reputation for being so kind and peaceful, and then the, uh, the, il the illustration that, you know, it's really when we're tested that we see the, um, what's, what's true on the inside. And that speech is one of the things that tests us the most in life. Once people, people say things to us that are untrue or that are hurtful or um, malicious or, you know, not the right time, and how do we respond? And so this beautiful teaching the Buddha gives saying that, you know, that we can respond with this heart that's imbued with loving kindness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, freed from hatred and ill will. And in this particular text, the Buddha offers these four different images as an analogy for how to train our mind to, to stay balanced and not get bent out of shape and twisted and turned around when people say things to us that are hard to hear. And so the first image that he offers is like the earth saying, make your mind like the earth, vast, deep. And so just like someone trying to come with a shovel or a hoe and remove all of the earth from the earth would end up feeling frustrated and exhausted, like this is futile. In the same way, someone coming to us with harsh words, trying to get a rise out of us, would just end up wasting their time and energy because the mind is so deep and vast like the earth. And then he says to make your mind like space. And says if someone comes and tries to paint space, throwing colored paints on the air, you can't do it. So make the mind like space, open, empty. And then words just pass through. There's nowhere for them to land. There's nothing for them to hit on because we're not resisting. We're not giving a, a fixed point on which for things to a light. And then he offers another analogy and says, what if someone came with a torch and tried to burn up the Ganga? We could say here the Hudson or the Connecticut River, you know, what would happen? <laughs> torch is going to go out. So he says, make your mind like a river. Vast and deep and cool, wide. And again, so that whatever comes to us, it just kind of, it cools out, it dissolves in the space of our mind, in the depth and the, and the width and the breadth of our mind. 
And then the last example is something that's uh, particular to the ancient Indian cultural context, talking about a cat skin bag and trying to make it crackle. And the interpretation is that the um, you know, quality of the leather was determined in how smooth and soft it was. And so if you could make, if you could get it to make a noise, it wasn't as, 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 um, as valuable. And so one way of thinking about this is making the mind just flexible and pliant, like a piece of fabric. But the other thing that I like about this fourth one is to me it invites us to be creative. Because obviously this is a very culturally specific example. You know, thinking about the earth or, a, or the river or space, those are pretty timeless things. But, you know, a catskin bag, clearly the Buddha is just pulling something out of the context and saying, well, here, think about this and make your mind like this. So for this, I, I think of, well, we have the freedom and the flexibility to think, well, what helps me connect with the qualities of balance and steadiness and spaciousness, of kindness and coolness and flexibility that I might use as an image. So what I'd like to do is to offer a short guided meditation and just take you through the steps of visualizing each of these and connecting with the qualities. And I'll take you through three. And then the fourth, I'll invite you to choose your own image. So it might be like a great vast redwood tree or a mountain or, you know, a favorite meadow or, you know, a pet or just what helps you connect with those qualities that would be supportive in a situation of difficult speech. So if you're not already, I invite you to sit comfortably and allow your eyes to close. Just begin by allowing your attention to settle into the body. Feeling the contact with the earth. Feel the support of the ground holding up your body. That steady, firm contact where your bottom or your legs or your back touches the ground. Allowing the quiet of the morning 
and the rhythm of your breath to calm and soothe the mind and the heart. And so I invite you to contemplate the earth, to make our mind like the great earth, deep and immeasurable. You might imagine an image of the planet or a memory of some vast expanse of land. Stone and dirt, sand and hills, allowing the space for your mind to be creative and just seeing what images or words come and you contemplate this great earth, deep and immeasurable. Whatever image or words or sensibility comes to you, see if you can allow that to become clear in your mind's eye. This representation of the earth. Deep and immeasurable. And as that image begins to become more clear, that metaphor or representation, take it into your body. See, is there any felt resonance, any sensation or feeling that comes as you contemplate 
the great earth, deep, immeasurable. If they feel some connection with this particular image or meaning, just take a mental snapshot, like a 3D Polaroid of how this feels connected to the great earth. And then when you're ready, you can allow that image to dissolve. And remember that the Buddha offered several analogies, which means that not all of them may work for us. We're just looking, exploring to see if we can find one that we connect with. Reconnecting with the sounds in the room and the sense of space around you. Noticing how sounds come and go. invite you to begin to contemplate open space, empty, formless, unmanifest. It is difficult to draw pictures on empty space. Inviting the mind to connect with some image, metaphor, or phrase that represents this quality of empty, open space.
seeing if there's one particular picture, word, thought or memory that might represent empty space for you. Like the sky, Seeing if you can allow that to become clear in your awareness. Experimenting with getting a feel for empty space. Formless. Open, unmanifest. And once again, inviting you to take a snapshot, a 3D Polaroid, marking this particular sensibility in your awareness. How does it feel? What's this? place-like of connection with empty space. allowing that to dissolve. Once again, bringing your attention back to just feeling the body, noticing the breath. Exploring, experimenting, what helps the mind and heart connect with this sense of stability, balance, coolness, openness. And so inviting contemplation, the image of a river.
great river, deep water flowing. Make your mind like a river, deep and immense, cool and wide. Listening, sensing, an image, memory, or representation. Allowing that to become clear in your awareness. like a great river, deep and immense, cool, cool and wide. Receiving any felt quality of this contemplation. Once again, when you're ready, allowing that to fade and dissolve. Coming back to the immediacy of the here and now. for the last contemplation 
inviting you to explore or experiment. You could choose to go back to one of the first three if you had a strong connection. Or you could invite your own image. that evokes these qualities in your heart. Exploring the same process of finding the representation, the picture, the word or memory, letting it become clear and then connecting with the felt sense. If you've found some image, some metaphor or memory that you connect with, I invite you to take a moment now to capture this feeling, just marking this in your mind, like taking a snapshot internally. really noting, oh, this place feels like this. And then allowing it to fade and dissolve. Just letting all of the images and words go 
and being with the simplicity of this direct moment. So in order to work with this particular kind of meditation, one would, uh, one would take time to really cultivate a relationship with one of those images or metaphors. It's not enough to just do it for a few minutes, right? We're really just kind of exploring, getting a feel for it. But if there's one of those that really connected with you, you could take five or ten minutes during your daily practice and really allow that visualization to become clear. Contemplate it, feel it in your body, and develop a relationship with that metaphor, with that image, as a representation and a way to access these qualities that each represents. And then that can be a resource in our life. I'm noticing I'm still sitting with that image um, that for me is a very powerful one, is a river. And um, there's quite a lot of meditation traditions actually where the use of imagery is emphasized. So really also perhaps inviting you as the retreat of life uh, will start pretty soon to kind of check, you know, um, Maybe that's a way for you to really connect with the present moment. Um, another image that um, sometimes can be helpful is um, the image of a very spiritual being, like Kuan Yin. Um, or I personally also really appreciate, I'm not sure if the Buddha does it here. No. Um, have you seen these Buddha statues where the Buddha is touching the earth in the midst of being visited with a lot of um, challenging emotions. To sometimes to just touch the earth, like grounding, literally, <laughs> feeling connected to the ground. 
in the midst of difficulty. Um, so that's another invitation to kind of, especially if you're interested in, in, in visual stuff, or you know, it's easy for you to visualize. Another thing that could be very helpful is to have something like that in your space, in your house. In our, one of our group interviews, we talked about um, setting up an altar. And what would it be like if you're in the midst of maybe being reactive on technology, and all of a sudden you look at the statue of Kuan Yin to maybe remind yourself, oh yeah, there's more than this. I can maybe tap into that sense of flow of the river, the vastness of the earth, or the receptivity of the sky. And then these things become like a portal into presence. Even like sometimes for me looking at a stone, it's like a portal back into pure presence. Or a funny squirrel or a pigeon in New York. <laughs> and uh, so what we would like to do now, um, a little bit similar to the format we did when we started, um, seems for me like a long time ago, um, is to go around in a circle with the bell. And, um, but before we do so, uh, I want to ask you to kind of reflect on the fruits of this practice, right? It's spring, as Cassie was kind of saying, and it's quite obvious. So all these things are budding, right? Even the little heaps of the ants. Do you say that in English? How do you say that? Ant oh, ant hill. Even when it's a little thingy? Oh, in Dutch we have, for the little ones, a different word. <laughs> you know, and it's like maybe you have like a little ant hilly <laughs> in terms of an insight coming up. You know, because it's, it's sometimes we kind of rush over. I can see my mind already planning like, oh, in six hours I'll be with Lou and Gil. <laughs> uh, and uh, so... It, one of the things I really love about pause is that it sometimes literally means just stop. Not always. It's actually also possible to pause while speaking. Just in the midst of speaking and listening, you just remember awareness, but you're still flowing. So what we would like to do um, is to ask you to kind of pause for a moment and to see if there's... Um, Maybe an image, a memory, or words coming up that perhaps phrase something that was meaningful to you these last few days.
And as you're kind of recollecting the week, maybe also connecting back to the intention that you came with or the intention that kind of developed over time while you were here. this intention manifested. Is it possible perhaps to connect to a new intention for the retreats that starts at noon? Sending an intention for life. to invite you now to see if it's possible with the use of language again to connect with either an insight that you really like to name in a word or a sentence to kind of take away with you like a, another Polaroid <laughs> or maybe connecting with an intention that you want to set forth be just one word or a sentence.
So we would like to go round, and um, if you wouldn't mind, but you don't have to ring the little bell when you're done speaking. It just kind of seals it up, you know, these sacred words that we all hear from one another. But the invitation is to really kind of bring it back to, as, Cor as Orin was saying yesterday, like the core, the essence, so that it's something that you might be able to remember. And one word, either an insight or an intention, as you see fit. I'm just going to kind of trust emergence and see if someone might want to start first and then it's up to them which way we're going and we'll go around in a circle. So what I'd like to do is to um, see if it's possible for me to offer some tears of joy and gratitude. That would be my gift. Kindness. Silence heals, hold all sacred.
ease and deep heart connection. Trusting the river will flow to the ocean even as I navigate my small canoe. inside dialogue the intention is um, to become a pro as an <laughs> easy for, to remember <laughs> cool. able to pause relax it and especially open and um, from NBC to become a giraffe <laughs> Love your style. Uh, it's such a cool, such a cool style. That's that's good. You got it. You got to hold it with an open palm. Open your hand. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep filling my cup and love all parts of me. Relax, life is a retreat.
Relax the jaw, the shoulders, the belly, and open. open and I'm carrying with me seeing through my partner's eyes the whole expanse of everything. hard for me because my heart is racing. But there's a one recurring image. It's the light in the eyes of everyone I've exchanged any kind of interaction with. Seeing the beauty in one another. That comes from looking. no need to do this alone. Remember to wake up together.
during the visualization, uh, the mind was so tight and it didn't understand how to fabricate the infinite, the boundless, and that was really unpleasant, that hurt. Uh, and then during the creative part, I uh, visualized my mom's eyes and it was just like, oh, there's the human representation of, of infinite, of love. And then it was just like, oh, the mind doesn't have a say in this. The heart is now operating. And then it was just like, oh, I'm a crybaby. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Home style. Trust. Speak the truth, listen mindfully. Gratitude to every one of you and cultivating the qualities of a true friend. Remembering that the capacity and the desire for mindful sharing runs through all of life and every human being like a river. okay to trust myself and allow myself to be touched by others.
on my run this morning, every time you run after you get to 60, you say, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then I thought of Bart, and I heard something tell me, trust the emergence. And my body could relax, and you give it enough time, and the running is there at your own speed, as fast or slow as you need. And then, um, I should have said this first, and I'm not sure I got this right, but you said, think of something you needed. And then you said, what would it have been like if you had gotten what you needed? And I, then I should say, trust the emergence. I don't think we always know what we need. Mm -hmm. And this is long. I'm going to say one more thing. I, find, I use find and replace a lot in my work and on the, in Excel. <laughs> you said those monks find something to replace what they can't have. They find a way. And it works, it works for them. I'm going to find a way. I can begin again, moment by moment. I can trust what I need. And I can trust what emerges. I am free. Let's just sit for a little bit, no longer than a minute or so. We're going to go into a um, transition soon.
perhaps connecting back to what you've shared or what was inspiring to hear. Let it find a home in your heart. as best as you can. So in a few moments, the invitation is to perhaps use this 15 minutes of time to continue the reflection. I personally find it sometimes really helpful when I've heard this whispering voice of intuition to write something down or to go out in nature and maybe find something that will be a reminder, like a little stone or a piece of wood something tangible that you might want to bring home or wherever you go with you. And to really stay in practice, this is such a powerful and precious time after all this momentum of awareness that's been built. And then to come back at uh, 10.20 not to forget you're on retreat. You got it?
So um, we would love to kind of um, talk a little bit about um, ways to take the practice home um, and having some suggestions. Uh, and um, also we'll allow time for you to ask questions or um, think of ideas or suggesting things that could be helpful for us as a community. Um, I guess I want to start with a quote from a kombucha bottle, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really good. It's, it says this, it's so connected to our intention. It's like, and to mindfulness. You already know what it is you desire or need. Next, you must, in capital letters, focus on allowing yourself to receive. I just found that really powerful. So how can we allow for our intentions, not expectations, but intentions to receive? Um, and um, I think one thing that is key, really, is to continue practicing in a formal way. Um, we've been doing so much formal practice this week, and um, and and maybe the the most easy way to continue is, of course, personally by yourself. And one thing that I found out when I came off a retreat was that I usually set my bar quite high. Oh, I'll sit 30 minutes every day, 45 minutes every day, and that would kind of last me for maybe three days. And then I kind of started looking at formal practice as a chore, and something, oh yeah, I gotta do meditation too. And then, you know, I just ended up not doing it for a while. Which is okay to notice when that happens, right? It's been happening to me many times. Um, so, perhaps setting um, a reasonable goal of five minutes, to really making sure that at least for five minutes you could do formal practice, and, and also to be creative in terms of how you might want to do that. We've been doing a lot of sitting practice, but it doesn't have to be seated at all, this formal practice. Maybe you have a 10-minute walk, you know, a commute or something um, that you do to go to work or to other, another community, but to really set like, okay, for this period of time, this is formal practice. And what can be super helpful like we did in the beginning and also now in the end is to set an intention for that time. And sometimes for me the intention is, may my mind be concentrated. Sometimes my intention is to really do a specific practice of metta. And then as soon as I see my mind going halfway, now nah, I'm going to do Vipassana. No, stay with the metta. <laughs> right? So your intention really sets a direction. Um, and also, if you're new to kind of creating a, a daily practice, uh, I think I got this from the internet too, so it's not maybe the most reliable source, but it takes about, I wrote down here, 61 days for a habit to form, which is still quite quick, right? But give yourself some time to kind of maybe let that habit slowly be formed, that wholesome routine that you might want to implement into your life. And again, you know, be creative. I have one student who meditates in a formal way dancing salsa. 
at the VA hospital, that was the way for him to kind of really be in it. That this was my impersonation of salsa. <laughs> No, please, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, shit. <laughs> oh, and, um, and also to kind of be, um, I guess, compassionate when you skip a day or a whole week. Uh, one of our teachers, Joseph Goldstein, he has this image of sometimes just bowing to your meditation cushion is your formal practice in that day, right? Um, so that is more like on a personal practice level. Um, but like we've been sharing that, you know, doing this together is a really helpful support. And, um, and to maybe look in your, you might already have a community to see if you can find a community near you where you can um, maybe not even do relational practice, but at least to have a community where you can sit quietly with and perhaps have a discussion on a universal topic. Um, and sometimes that community could be online and we'll talk more about resources for that as well. Um, I find it also really helpful to stay inspired. Sometimes, you know, we might just be focusing on, you know, the practice, meditation, the method, to really kind of sometimes make sure you bring in some, some hard qualities or inspiration. Um, I really love this quote by Beyonce. She says, I know I'm stronger in the songs than I really am. Sometimes I need to hear it myself. We all need to hear these empowering songs to remind us. So what keeps your heart open? As another way of, pra <clears throat> another way of practicing. And sometimes, it, you know, you might find it on a kombucha bottle. Trust emergence. You never know. Uh, I think another thing that could be helpful is when you really get maybe interested in doing more retreat time or day-longs, uh, I would suggest planning it quite soon after this retreat. <laughs> now you're kind of inspired and all. And especially, you know, if you really have sometimes, uh, it's not easy for you to take time away from responsibilities. The more way ahead you plan it, the more your community around you can get used to it. You know? So that's another thing to really look into. If you have something planned even for like 2020, it's on the calendar. You know what I mean? Uh, and then another thing I'd like to share is um, to let this retreat settle in. The snow of the globe is still kind of flurring around. And um, there's a teaching by a teacher named Gil Fronsdahl. And um, he, he said this, and it's been so helpful for me. Um, your formal retreat time is, what was it here, six days or so, five, six days. The reverberation of that formal retreat time, the length of that reverberation is the exact same length. 
So it is good news, you're only halfway. <laughs> in a way, right? And Orin is saying sometimes it's twice that. And that can mean that you could still feel the effects of this retreat 12 days from now, which means that it's, it's really helpful to kind of pause and let yourself be informed. Because let's be honest, the voice of judgment screams. You don't even have to be mindful to hear it. <laughs> but the voice of intuition whispers. All right? We need some silence, some quiet to hear that voice. And um, I've come off retreat where the first thing I did, even on the Inside Dialogue retreat, was to f get into an argument with my wife. <laughs> and she would actually tell me, oh, Inside Dialogue works for you. <laughs> so, because, you know, yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a painful one. <laughs> I need more NVC than in that moment. <laughs> But really, you know, we could, and also being back on the road, you know, really give yourself some time to let this settle. Um, and remember that we're human. Um, I can't read this anymore. I need glasses. Yeah. I think I'll pause and uh, turn it over to you, Orrin, if that's cool. gift it's been to spend these days together. I'll tell you a secret. <clears throat> the first night when we all sat together, I was looking around, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> what have I gotten myself into again? <laughs> I noted thinking. <laughs> so I meant I meant what I said when I when I said, you know, really seeing seeing the beauty in each of us and every time every time I teach a, a day long, a retreat, I have the same experience of looking around the room at the beginning and feeling nervous and awkward and uncomfortable and a little bit like, oh no, how's this going to be? And, and then at the end, just feeling the heart so open and just so connected. Um, just remembering again and again and again that we're much more similar than we are different once you just look a little bit past the surface. The, the heart and mind are 
others are. It's it's a it's a wondrous and mysterious experience to be aware and to be in a world where we uh, feel and sense and and where we can respond and w- and and in a world where we can become aware of our impulses we can become aware of that which motivates us to respond And so as Bart was referring to yesterday, he mentioned it very briefly at the, in the transition, um, but that the more we pay attention to life, and the more we pay attention to uh, our actions and their results, the more we start to learn what's helpful and what's not. The more we start to learn uh, how to choose consciously to use the influence we have in life, whether that's the influence of just small things in our personal life or larger influence that we may have, you know, in your family or your relationships or your workplace or society, depending on our relative roles and the amount of resources or power we have access to. How do we use the time and the energy we have to influence things internally and externally. And so for each of us, it seems we've, we've had some understanding, some insight into that process and into our own mind and heart and how it relates and how it interacts. Some sense of, oh, look at that. I can do this differently, or I have choice here, or that's a pattern that I don't really need anymore. <clears throat> so the, those, these insights are invaluable, and they're not enough. Because the force of habit is incredibly strong. It's not enough to understand. We need to practice. We need to, we need to integrate that understanding and make it, make it the new default. And that takes time. It takes patience. It takes messing up a lot. And being willing to just keep trying again, going, oh, yeah, right, okay, right, all right, do it again. And there are um, the area of speech and relationship is one of the areas in which this is most apparent. The depth of our conditioning and habits so it is, it's, very, it's possible to transform and change those patterns. But it takes repetition, training, practice, day after day, week after week. So the image that I like to use 
is it's like trying to turn a ship at sea. I live near um, near a port uh, outside of San Francisco in the bay, and there are these huge container ships that come in, just immense. You know, like like four of these buildings put together, just just huge. So you imagine that ship going like across the uh, across the Pacific Ocean to Asia or something. Now, if that ship wants to turn, it can't just turn, right? It has to change the angle of the rudder. So each of you on this retreat has had some shift in that rudder. It's like your understanding and intention has shifted some. But if you want to go in a different direction, you have to maintain the angle. You have to hold the angle of that shift and keep coming back to those insights. This is one of the reasons why Bart recommended, you know, get something physical. Find a stone or a stick or a, you know, a pebble or a leaf, something that's going to help you remember what's important to you that you've uncovered from this retreat. Put it on your altar, put it near your meditation cushion, or write something down that you can review and read. So we keep coming back to that, that change in the angle. And, and can etch it into our mind and our heart. And so all of these suggestions that we're offering of have a daily practice, even if it's just bowing to your cushion, <laughs> you know, set up an altar, have an image of something sacred in your home, plan your next retreat, find a sangha to sit with, take an online course if you don't have one nearby. All of these suggestions are ways of remembering our deeper intentions and shifts and really inhabiting them fully in our life. Study, reading, another wonderful way to stay inspired and to practice refining our intellectual understanding of the teachings, which will then support our practice. precepts, the refuges, these are very important part of having a daily practice, of holding that angle. Because we live, for the most part, in a society that has pretty different values and messages to what we're training in here, that says that our refuge is actually in getting lost in something feeling fleeting pleasures, consuming, being better than others. These are the messages we're bombarded with every day. How you look is the most important thing. So what do we take refuge in? We need to actually remind ourselves that this is not my refuge. What kind of job I have or what kind of car I drive. If we don't remind ourselves that there's another possibility for security and safety, then the mind will drift towards the messages that we receive daily. So take refuge. If Buddha Dhamma Sangha doesn't speak to you, then find your own language, your own metaphor for that which is most sacred, most deep in you, that points to the silence. 
And the precepts are a wonderful way to attune to our shared humanity, to our shared vulnerability, to really set that intention like, I don't want to cause harm. Just a baseline. Let me not cause harm. Whatever else happens, may I not cause harm. And then studying it, really just looking. And it's not about being perfect. It's about learning. <laughs> so when we inevitably trip up and cause harm, then we say, oh, here's an opportunity to learn what, what's going on. Let me, let, me, let me investigate. Let me try something different next time. And so part of having a daily practice can also be taking the refuges, taking the precepts, chanting. We've done some chanting together. Setting an intention. Bart talked about setting an intention during your sitting. You can set an intention just for your day. You know? Like, may I pause today? Or may I speak with kindness today? May I listen more today? And, the, and, and to see if we can hold this whole realm as a, as a joyful journey, as an adventure, rather than as some kind of obligation. You know, like, how amazing that we have this opportunity to explore and train our minds. So many of you have asked about, okay, well, what if I want to keep going with this nonviolent communication training or with insight dialogue or how do I, you know, where do I do that? So I want to talk about a few specific resources for training, both for those practices and also to uh, connect with, with myself and Bart will share a little bit about how to connect with him uh, after you leave today. So. Um, in your mindful communication packet, you don't need to get it now, but in your packet, uh, on the last few pages, there are some suggestions for um, just taking some of what we've done and practicing with it yourself from day to day. Like there's a whole page, you could have a curriculum for six months just with that one page. Okay? Um, there's a bunch of links for further training in nonviolent communication. Links to my website, links to the Center for Nonviolent Communication, websites of a few colleagues of mine who teach, um, some online courses in NVC, and so forth. Some of you notice that there's some materials out on the on the table with the Donna. So my teaching schedule is out there. Um, I'll be on the East Coast a couple more times this year. I'm teaching in Philly on this Saturday, a communication day long. Um, and uh, I want to mention two other opportunities to, to stay in touch or stay connected. So one is a, is a really special online course called Next Step Dharma, which is this black postcard that's out there on the table. And this is a course that, um, that I built and designed at the suggestion of our t friend and teacher, Joseph. Uh, and it's specifically set up to support people after coming off retreat. 
So it's a six-week online course. Um, it's a very wide sliding scale, starting at zero. Um, and each week has a different theme. And then every week and a half, we have a, a, a live call with myself or another teacher. I'll see if I can get Bart to do a call in the next month or two. And it's just like an open call to just ask questions about your practice and to just talk. And there's a beautiful little sangha that's formed online with this, with this community. Um, so I invite you to check that out. Take, feel free to take one of these. If it doesn't feel right now, maybe, it's, maybe for some future retreat, you might want to check it out. And then the other thing is this little blue postcard. So um, in October, I'm teaching another uh, six-day silent, uh, sorry, six-day relational retreat uh, in New Mexico with my colleague Donald Rothberg. And we'll be doing um, s less of the relational insight dialogue practice. We'll do, we do some, but we do more of the nonviolent communication training. And, and, and then... Um, Vipassana and loving-kindness meditation. And so if, uh, if you want to do another retreat, um, feel free to pick one of these up and check it out. It's a, it's a beautiful center. It's in the middle of the forest in northern New Mexico. Um, hundreds of thousands of acres, literally, of forest around. It's totally off the grid. It's a pretty amazing, amazing place to practice. And the last thing I'll say is, um, if you want to stay in touch, uh, I have a, an email list out there. It's a really great way to just stay in contact. I send out one email a month with a link to a talk or an article or some free online event coming up. And so uh, if, you'd if you'd like to stay in touch, I would really love that. Feel free to, to jot your email address down. I'm always inspired by Oren. Uh, it's, um, I'll also put out a paper, um, with, so if you want to stay in touch via email with me, um, I haven't done that yet. <clears throat> we'll just put a paper there soon. Um, but the thing that I want to talk about is, um, and more specifically, the possibility to continue practicing inside dialogue. And um, one way to do it, and a portal of a lot of information is a website. And the website is meta.org. And that's actually also the name of the organization of the... Um, the uh, Inside Dialogue teachers. And um, there you can find not only what we do in terms of retreats, but also it's a possibility that you can practice online as well. So there's possibilities where you just go online. Um, sometimes it's just audio, sometimes it's like with Zoom, like with video as well, mm -hmm. and just practice. And the cool thing about that is you'll uh, depending on time zones, you might practice with someone uh, from Europe. Um, I've practiced with people who are ready the next day. It was Australia. So, and it's it's a really cool way to kind of con connect, to keep connecting with the formal practice of the guidelines. Um, there's also retreats held um, uh, here and um, other places in the United States. Um, and... Um, 
And I'm sometimes also in your local communities, like where I teach at New York Insight, um, we, um, we have an offering, and that is something you could maybe also explore in your own uh, center if you are active in a, in a local community, is to see if you can, in the center, maybe create a weekly offering that is focused on interpersonal stuff. It doesn't have to be formal Insight Dialogue or NVC. And so at New York Insight, I remember um, the director at the time said, okay, we like the idea, but now come up with a name. <laughs> and then he also said, it has to sound like a band. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it took me a long time. I'm, I'm pretty, um, without getting like um, all boost, and how you say, not being modest anymore, but I love the name I came up with. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like this. Um, I don't know exactly, it's called Dharma squared, like the two in the air from math. Because that sometimes happens when you meet, like in a relational practice, the Dharma gets intensified <laughs> in a quite an, like in two way, you know, I'm, math is not really my thing, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Especially in English, I find it really hard to say it in English. Um, but you get the point. So maybe um, creating something, if you're like, you know, you maybe go to an insight center, right? To maybe suggest, can we also do something that is more interpersonal or relational? Because, you know, honestly, sometimes I went to places, right? From seven to nine, I would have been seated next to someone, teacher who does a guided meditation, then walking in a small room, drinking coffee or something, and then a talk, Q&A, and go home. And then I feel kind of awkward on the, on the elevator because I've been sitting next to or I'm going, you know, even the eye contact is weird then. Because you haven't really connected. And a lot of people who are drawn to meditation are introverts. So this could be also a great way to kind of explore what's going on. So that is something I'd also love to suggest, is to suggest maybe doing a little of Dharma squared. Um, and... Um, so that's really specifically about um, our um, of finding stuff for inside dialogue. Uh, please come to our center at New York Insight when you're in New York City. Uh, maybe especially on Mondays when we do Dharma Square. <laughs> right, David? Part <laughs> uh, the word you need to learn in English about Dharma Squared is exponential. Was that? Oh. <laughs> Square doesn't sound good? No, no. It, oh. As a way of explaining it, it's oh. always, you know, it's like, it's, I, not, it's not multiplied by two. It's, it's an exponential factor. It means that it's... Even more, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exponential. I got it. Exponential. Got it. Yeah. Uh, should we open up for questions? Sure, yeah. yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we've um, hopefully um, allowed to happen is that you, you were all teachers in this. We've been sharing so much of our kindness and compassion and wisdom. So we would love to open up to, if you have any questions that, you know, you'd love to kind of reflect on, maybe want to practice in the moment, what's up for you, or perhaps share where um, you might know something that might really fit in terms of practice what we've been doing all week. So really feeling invited. Uh, 
Uh, just in terms of resources, um, I might just add uh, the course for the person, one of the, I don't know exactly what his position is, Tom Thumb at the New York Insight Dialogue. Tom Bond. Bond. Tom Bond. Thank it's you. not Insight Dialogue. He does an NVC I, course. That's right. That's what I, thank Called you. the Compassion Course. And I've uh, done it uh, for two years. It comes out once a week. Uh, and there's, uh, it's a sliding scale too from zero up and with lessons and practices and a, uh, online, a regular telephone conference call once a month where people get to ask questions and explore further. And I found it uh, very valuable. Thank you. Compassionate, uh, compassionate communication. It's called the Compassion Course. Did I miss it? Uh, Who's the teacher? Tom Bond. Tom Bond. T-H-O-M-B-O-N-D. Compassion Course. Thank you. Say, start by saying thank you so much, Bart and Oren. I feel really inspired by both of your teachings, and um, it's really cool to also be. I think you said this is the first time you're doing this together. Yeah. Really, kind of, I could really taste the flavor of like this. Some of these experiences really happening in the moment. There was no like, oh yeah, this is our 25th year of doing this retreat together. It's like scripted running through it, but these moments of like, oh, how do we? How do we do this now? Like, can we lean into this, yeah. like these really present moment uh, uh, trust emergence experiences from you as teachers in the moment? I think we're very wonderful. Specifically, I think two things I want to mention. The first one was, I think hearing hearing you or in step out during the pause with Marcy was very amazing for me to observe how sincerely you assumed the role and like almost the way I saw it like sincere thanks you know asserted and needed the pause to to both demonstrate but I also saw this as a very authentic way of being present and I was very touched by that and I mm. wanted to thank you for that vulnerability in that moment and and the other moment was for when Bart decided to do the uh, to do outside uh, the outside exercises. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a small moment, but I really appreciated this. Like, oh, like I, I would like that, but I'm unsure if that's what people want. Or like, I just thought I was very touched by that that moment of, of vulnerability. Also, um, the question I want to pose uh, to both of you is. Um, it's a little bit of a question, a discussion, maybe future dreaming also is, is about um, the difference between um, uh, practice and healing and of course the very strong correlation and I know Oren you are a, a, like a somatic experiencing practitioner and I've done quite a bit of work in that, in that realm too and um, for me on, on this retreat I noticed this deep emphasis on, emphasis on on practice and for me healing sometimes looks a little different when you go super super deep in a, in a personal way where I where you really transform something at the core which looks a little different to practice and, and I think it wasn't quite so much the purpose but a part of me really 
yearns to bring those two together um, more like sometimes you know practice this continuity um, repetitions small small bits and sometimes the the healing of like okay this is let's go into a session and explore you know traumatic experiences or like heal heal um, shadowed parts as 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 as, um, as that's term sort of sometimes and so I'm, I'm just curious um how you see that and, and, and even on the on the on the dyad level this like you know empathy buddy work or or deep empathy sessions like peer peer sessions where the purpose is less so to train and to learn in the practice but to more to say hey i really want to repair this deep part of me around um, you know, showing this emotion that I don't know how to do, can we go through it? The purpose is more so the content, less so the, the practice and the process. And, and yeah, like a part of me wants, wants to like, you know, do a future retreat where maybe that's possible and bring in somatic experiencing in some way, but yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your appreciations. And um, maybe I'll just say briefly, um, from the perspective of the Dharma, the purpose of practice is liberation. So a radical freedom and a, a, a deep transformative understanding of the nature of being alive. Um, and healing is a layer of that process in service of liberation. From the perspe perspective of like psychotherapy or other healing modalities, it depends on the modality, but liberation is not often the goal. And I think that's the distinction. So it's just one way of thinking of it. I found myself clinging this morning like, no, I would value a long retreat someday, part two maybe, perhaps, part 1.1. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate the reminder that this will reverberate and keep going. And So thank you deeply. Um, I'm also daily struck at the and filled with the beauty of the two of you sitting underneath the statue of mm. the Buddha. Mm. It's just a very beautiful, beautiful mm. image that I've enjoyed this seat very much. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just also just feel compelled that uh, I wish everybody could come over for coffee or tea. And share space and there's a beautiful quirky awkwardly beautiful sangha in the northeast kingdom of vermont hmm. called center for mindful learning if any of you are interested to come and play and they do circling which is an interesting relational um, approach and there are some connections there but uh i just i love the community and the network and i just have this image of of a beautiful pond with raindrops coming softly down and 
seeing how the raindrop hits the water and ripples out and how eventually all of the circles touch at some point and connect in one way or form or another and maybe not directly but yet indirectly through each other and Yeah, that's, I just feel that in here. So thank you so much. Yeah. I hope to see you all again. I want to invite us into a pause. I'm aware of a fullness in my heart. And I'm also aware of um, the time that we have left and I'm wanting to have as much space to hear from as many of you as would like to share and so as we continue to open the space maybe just a request to keep that in mind and uh, to see if um, you can speak from the heart uh, in a way that uh, also leaves as much time as possible for others to hold to hold both the fullness of the heart and the and the shared the shared time this was my first experience with all of this training um, first time sitting I want to thank Kelly for extending the invitation to come and play. And I want to thank every one of you that's shown up for being here to the fullest of your ability and to sharing your light and your heart. And I want to thank you both as teachers um, and creating the space for all of us to show up to have this experience. And I'm very, very full. I mentioned this to a bunch of different people during like every day pretty much since I've been here and I just wanted to make a, a brief comment on how filled with gratitude I've been since I arrived here. Um, I took your course Oren last spring with a good friend of mine who I started to fall in love with in the past couple of months and hmm. he's right next door at a retreat right now and dropped me off and then I dropped him off and picking him up and yeah it was through the NBC practice that we did weekly that I got to know him so mm. just feeling the reverberations of that in my life very strongly so uh, definitely gonna take this retreat with me and each of you who played a big part in it thank you This was one of, some of, one of the most moving retreats for me that I've had. Uh, a lot of strong emotions came up and, uh, and were very beneficial. And I appreciate the skill in which you presented this uh, very much. Uh, one thing that did come up for me this morning, and it was sort of tightened me up in a way, was the uh, 
the sutra of the saw. And I, I understand a lot of that sutra, and I, and I certainly appreciate the, the view to maintaining loving kindness in difficult situations. But the simile of the saw itself mm -hmm. really, I got a very strong negative reaction to that because I felt it was asking too much of a human being to maintain loving kindness while he was being sawed apart by other people. And that really irritated me, that, that kind of uh, instruction to a person, you know, was too much. Mm -hmm. And it came to my mind that, you know, if some guru said that to me, I would say, thanks a lot, I'll see you later. Yeah. You know, because uh, yeah. it was too much for a human being to expect of a human being to do that kind of thing. And then when I, I reflected on it, and due to some of the reading that I've done, I remember, I think it was in the Satipatthana Sutra, in the introduction, where Buddha talks about uh, mindfulness of breathing and the foundations of mindfulness. And he talks about if you practice this, you know, you can be awakened in seven days, or sometimes seven weeks, or maybe seven months, mm -hmm. seven years. But in other words, he said that awakening needn't be so far away mm -hmm. and so difficult. and. You know, there's, there's lots of instances in the, in the suttas where people will break, awaken very quickly by contact with the Buddha. And, and so I thought that why was, you know, why was this stringent thing there? And was, was, the, was the purpose of Buddha's teaching to relieve suffering and escape from the world? Or was the Buddha's teaching to actually live in this world? without suffering. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's an important question. And I'm, um, I'm connecting with what I'm hearing as, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but, but uh, like a real longing for the teachings to be accessible and realistic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so maybe I'll just share one thought on my understanding of the sutta. If you look at it closely, what it says, so Buddha offers that as an example. But then he says, he says, this is my teaching. But it's used, at, he's trying to make a point. And the point he's making is he says, all right, people, if this is the bar, if somebody says something to you that's a little bit rough, don't you think you could try to be nice? If you look at it, that's what he's saying. He's using it to illustrate maintaining loving-kindness in the face of difficult speech. And he's trying to give us perspective, saying, this is the ideal, this is the vision, this is the, this is the right. He's, not, he's, he's actually he's using it to point back to speech. So I think that that's very important to hold that context in mind. Right. I, I thought of that because when I said Jerry? it, I thought of the saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, right. but words can never harm me. Yes. And I said, this, this wasn't about stick, you know, words. This was about 
But it is about words, that's the point. You know, but... Yeah, yeah. It was an ex extreme example, but not, not about words. Yeah, right. yeah, thank you. Well, I was so drawn to the title of this, and it went there and so far beyond. Um, I think one reason why I'm so moved is that there's always been a missing piece in my practice of coming and sitting retreats. And I knew that, and I always thought it was somehow my defect. You know, and I've learned so much, and it's impacted me, and it's still so worthwhile. But it's like, whoa, this is the missing piece for me to be able to put rubber to the road and use mindfulness in direct connection is exhilarating, difficult, engaging, and so much, it's playful. You know, it's, I'm so excited. So I want to repeat what Kelly said. I would love to come back for a 10-day. I just want more time because there's so much richness. And I also want to say that um, I found it so exquisite to have the combination of mindful connection and noble silence. Yeah. Yeah. It was so important to not have it dissipate by, for me anyway, by some kind of social interaction. Mm -hmm. So to stay in that wonderful place of, and now who will I meet? And now who will I meet? Um, that's a, just a brilliant design. So I want more. I'm so grateful to both of you for designing this. I'm so grateful to everybody in the circle. I had wonderful experiences. Um, in each dyad, and um, I'm very, very full in my heart. This is it. This is like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody. I just want to ask a quick question. How many people would be interested in a 10-day course on this? Okay, so here's the thing. Wow, that's almost everyone. That's cool. <laughs> I would love to do that. I actually said it to Bart the other yeah. morning. I said, you know, we really need like nine or ten days. Um, we'll see if we can carve out the time and get the time from BCBS or something. But one thing that I would ask is, it's hard to get people to these. There was room for another ten or twelve people on this course. Thirty-two is the capacity. Um, so what I would ask is for your help in getting more people here. So um, stay in touch. If you don't want to be on my email list, that's fine. But like, uh, just email me through my website or something. And um, I can be in touch with you then. Anyone who would like to help organize that, who's willing to say like, yes, I will like do some outreach. I'll talk it up. I'll try to get some people here. And then we can, we can work together to try to make that happen. Yeah. You know, I'd like to express my gratitude to both of you for um, both your courage and your insight in developing, bringing these different practices uh, together, uh, which I think is, is a very courageous thing because they're, they're difficult, difficult practices. Um, 
And, but also your willingness to re and to respond to changing circumstances. You know, I've, I've been to silent retreats, and it's a bit like, I mean, for me, a musical metaphor. It's like going to something that's a, like a classical music thing. There's, there's, a, they're very formal, and it's very helpful. It's very useful. And this, to me, is more like jazz. <laughs> it's because it's. I like that. Yeah, you're right. It's it, you're improvising. You were improvising and changing with changing circumstances. And also, I think, modeling for us, because of your genuine friendship, you know, and, and your genuine commitment to wise speech, really modeling for us in a, in a living, human way how to deal with things. That's remarkable. That's really remarkable. I want to express my thanks to everyone here. That I mean, I, I looked around the room and, and the individual interactions I had were deeply, deeply touching. Deeply. I mean, so much so that I mean, I'm not I'm not normally a very emotional, outwardly emotional in that sense, and I've I've been in very difficult emotional circumstances as a reporter. Um, in that role. But this is like just the openness of people's hearts. And when I said the light in people's eyes, I mean, literally. I mean, that's life. And, and it's a wonderful experience. I wanted to draw special attention to, uh, and yeah, have a recognition of the number of young people that are here is extraordinary. And to you know, take a second uh, to express like the the nachas <laughs> that I feel. Pride. <laughs> it's like... uh, Yiddish for pride and someone else. <laughs> uh, pride. Pride, yeah. That like y'all are unicorns in this thing. Like the the Dhamma game itself is, you know, a little bit long in the tooth and the kind of what does that mean? <laughs> it's like kinda of older, skews okay, older no. demographically. <laughs> And um, <laughs> Sorry, it's all good. <laughs> um, that you know, my exposure to more of the kind of relational mindfulness. It's also like demographically been. Well, I was here last month for Gregory's retreat. I was the youngest person by 15 years. So, for a sense of connection, I find it incredibly valuable to have. It's a problem of diversity, I feel, for there to not be representation of younger people. And we represent more of like a, a future of this and uh, that we can role model that uh, 
you know, we are part of this process of awakening together. And then also just shout outs to you two. <laughs> uh, you guys are, yeah, you have great chemistry. It's like a, like a buddy cop movie, but it's good cop, good cop, so. <laughs> yeah. Things hot if anyone wants it. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel so happy to see young faces in the room and also people who are older. I meditate with a sangha of women who are all also at least probably 20 years older than me and also meditate in a group setting with a community a few days a week and everyone else is also older than me. So I'm very used to being with people older than me and doing this kind of work. But also that work is also mostly in silence. And so I also had this just realization that like this is it like I heard you say this is it and I feel that way too like wow I can bring this into my life and I also had been so hard on myself thinking I was so separate because I was doing all this inner work and then not feeling like I connected with people on that where uh, all of my friends don't really meditate or want to talk about mindfulness or NVC they don't have the awareness of, oh, that would help me. And I, I can't bring people that awareness. It's up to them. So this is really nice to relate with others. And this is my first silent retreat, which I can't call it silent, I guess. No, it's not silent. But it'll be interesting to see what it's like to go in a full silent retreat because this was a lot. I don't know, but it was so nice to be alone and then together and alone and together and that's how I want my real life to be. Mm. To be able to come together and then go alone and not mm. just be like, oh, I need to be separate because you don't understand me. Mm -hmm. So thank you, both of you. And I had a quick question. It's not related. To, it's about the books out there. There's a lot of books. And I have not done a lot of reading from Buddhist scriptures and writing. And um, like I've studied Buddhism and meditation, but not those books. So if there was one book on that shelf that you would recommend to a beginner, <laughs> do you have anything? Because I don't want to just like take all the books because I, <laughs> I can't, I have school books to read too. <laughs> We'd have to look and see what oh, books are I, there. I don't know if you were familiar. I mean, I, I know the author, but he has a lot of books. But there's also, on the, on the back of your Mindful Communication packet, there's a list of recommended reading that I put together. And there is the last section is, is uh, Buddhism and Dharma. So you could choose one of, one of those books. Those okay. are the kind of books that I recommend in terms of getting a good overview. Okay. So I'm happy to afterwards look at those books with you and see if there's one that I might recommend also. I didn't know if that was like the Buddhist Torah. Like for Judaism, there's like the Torah. I didn't know. Okay. I thought it was like a widespread. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
guess I, I have to reiterate um, what so many have said that, um, you know, apart from the skills you've taught us, which have been invaluable, um, you know, your modeling for us of, of spontaneity and, and friendship and sort of the best of human um, interactions has been wonderful. And I thank you both for that. Um, and to all those who are here, I, you know, I said it at the outset, and I still feel so um, impressed with, you know, the humanity and, you know, just the beauty of expression, and, and which obviously comes from your heart. And so impressed with your way of, of, of sharing uh, your inner truth. And, um, and I thank you all for making it a comfortable environment for me. Usually I, I uh, have trouble speaking in groups. And I, this time was very different. And it felt great just to feel less inhibited about you know, saying and speaking. So I'm grateful for that. And um, I also, uh, as someone who's older, I, I also have been so impressed with the representation of the, the younger generation here. And I feel so impressed by the wisdom you already have, even in cert, you know, seeking this path. I think it says something about you that, you, that you want this for yourself and realize how helpful it can be in today's world. And um, I, I'm just so envious that you found it at an earlier time when it has potentially more opportunity to affect your life. So I, I congratulate you and, and wish everyone well with your, with your, with your, with your, with your intentions. And as Peter is holding the mic, and just want to invite another um, moment to kind of check what's the quality of awareness now in our listening. I notice for myself, my listening in a large group is sometimes different than in a dyad. There's more space for the mind to check out in a large group. like this right now. Whenever you're ready, speaking from the silence. Thank you both from the bottom of my heart. Um, I think the work you're doing, the work we're doing, posing this question of what does it mean to be alive, is um, <clears throat> for me it's life-saving. 
think I always used to look at um, <clears throat> strength and courage as, uh, you know, w warriors with body armor. And I now feel that uh, strength and courage is about permeability. It's about allowing things to penetrate us and to let them flow. And I'm just so inspired by your uh, genuine compassion and for everybody showing me what uh, strength looks like. We'll take time for one or maybe two more sharings before bringing this to a close. I almost wasn't here. Um, it took Kelly mentioning it several times. The first time she's talked about this retreat, it wasn't my retreat, you know? It didn't even really come into my head. Um, and if there wasn't a scholarship, I wouldn't be here. And when I look at my life, there have been definite moments of growth and beautiful things, but this has been really powerful. Really powerful. And I know that later in my life, this is going to carry so much weight in turning my rudder. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you all so much. I regret not speaking more on this retreat. Um, I don't think I ever quite got over my fear of speaking to a group. Um, but I've, I've really appreciated all of the interactions I've had um, in the dyads. And I'm just noticing that there are so many people here who I didn't have the opportunity to have those interactions with. And I'm just really hoping that there's an opportunity, like, I don't know if lunch will be that or after lunch or something to um, connect more with people and, I don't know, find out more about what y'all are up to. I would really like that. Um, and thank you both so much. Yeah.
So let's just have another moment of quiet and see if there's anyone who hasn't spoken yet, if there's anything you want to share. doesn't appear to be getting easier, so out with it. Um, when we say may all beings be happy, it's nice to feel that internally. for making it happen. want to close this um, this circle with um, something I was given by someone from this community and I just want to read it to you it's a joy to be hidden but a disaster to never be found our time together with um, a couple of different 
expressions of uh, deep intention. And the first is to uh, acknowledge uh, on uh, our behalf that um, by virtue of the fact that Bart and I are sitting here in front of this altar and, you know, leading this retreat in this particular context, uh, we have been given by each of you a certain kind of power. And that um, whenever there's a power imbalance, there's always uh, the potential um, for uh, some kind of harm that might happen um, inadvertently. And so, um, I think I speak for both of us when I say that we, we take this, um, this role and this uh, um, service uh, very uh, seriously and with, uh, with great humility, uh, this opportunity to share the teachings of the Buddha. Um, and so we uh, recognize that if there's uh, that we might have caused harm in some way, uh, unknowingly or un unintentionally, either in our thoughts, in our words, or in our actions. And so uh, we would like to ask for forgiveness if there's any way, um, by thought, by word, or by deed, knowingly or unknowingly, that we have uh, that we have caused harm. the same gesture, by the same token, if in any way um, any of you have uh, caused harm to one of us in your thoughts or your words or your actions, knowingly or unknowingly, intentionally or unintentionally, uh, we would like to freely offer our forgiveness to you. So I'd like to extend this opportunity to the whole, the whole community, to each of us here, recognizing that um, in spite of our best intentions and our deepest aspirations, that sometimes we may do or say things that have an impact that was not our intention. Or we may do or say something that uh, unconsciously that causes harm. And so in the same way, first I'd like to invite you to silently, just in your own heart, if it feels authentic and appropriate, to seek forgiveness. So I want to invite you in joining me in taking a moment in whatever way feels authentic for you now to acknowledge if there's any way in my words, my thoughts, or my actions that I've caused harm, knowingly or unknowingly. May we humbly ask for forgiveness from one another.
And similarly, recognizing that none of us are perfect, that we all make mistakes, and that that's part of learning, that's, that's what part of life. To invite the, uh, the opportunity to offer forgiveness from the heart. Inviting you to join me in that reflection and in that, that movement of intentionality to say that in any way, if anyone here has caused harm, knowingly or unknowingly, in thought, word, or deed, as much as is possible in this moment, this is not a demand, this is an intention, as much as is possible in this moment, to offer forgiveness in whatever way feels authentic for you. opportunity to um, give voice to our deepest aspirations and take the refuges and precepts together. So I'll lead this and then we'll close with a short meditation that Bart will lead. <clears throat> so uh, if you like, invite you to join me first in the homage to the Buddha, which is an offering of respect and gratitude for the path that he discovered and shared. Namo tassa, feel free to join in. Namo tassa, bhagavato, arahato, sama, sambuddhasa. Namo tassa, bhagavato, arahato, sama, sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa buddhang saranang gacchami dhammang saranang gacchami sanghang saranang gacchami Dutiampi Buddhang Saranangachami Dutiampi Dhammang Saranangachami 
Let's do the last round call and response. Tatiampi. Tatiampi. Buddhang saranang gachami. Buddhang saranang gachami. Tatiampi. Tatiampi. Dhammang saranang gachami. Dhammang saranang gachami. Tatiampi. Tatiampi. Sanghang saranang gachami. Sanghang saranang gachami. We'll do the precepts, call and response in English. You can say it out loud or just take it silently in your heart. I undertake the training. I undertake the training. To refrain from taking the life of any living creature. To refrain from taking the life of any living creature. I undertake the training. I undertake the training. To refrain from taking that which is not given. To refrain from that from that, that is not given. I undertake the training. I undertake the training. To refrain from causing harm with my sexual energy. To refrain from causing harm with my sexual energy. I undertake the training. I undertake the training. To refrain from false and harmful speech patterns. To refrain from false and harsh speech patterns. I undertake the training. I undertake the training. To refrain from taking intoxicants that cloud the mind and cause heedlessness. To, to refrain from, from taking intoxicants that cloud the mind and cause heedlessness. refuges and precepts guide and protect each one of us. And may by protecting ourselves, we also protect others. And may we by protecting others through these precepts, protect ourselves. And to really connect with the inner being of life. This flow of receiving and giving. Knowing you're not alone. sense of rest, resting with his connection to nature. And 
and connecting with our inner heart, our inner beauty. connecting with this inner beauty, letting the heart speak, letting it be open. May we be as kind as possible to ourselves and experience happiness, safety, protection. And may this wish for well-being be shared with everyone we come in contact with. The ants and on the heaps. The mosquitoes flying around our ears and nose. <coughs> and the staff who's been helping and supporting us. And everyone in this community in a few minutes we might connect with. And may the benefits of our time together be of support for all beings we come in contact with. And expanding this wish as wide as you like to include all living beings in this wish for well-being. The beings close by, far away, young and old, born yet to be born, in all directions, <clears throat> boundless, all connected to this web of life from which you cannot fall. May there be peace May there be peace. May there be peace.
Deep gratitude for your practice. So just one thing to suggest. We have a little, just a few minutes before lunch. Just in this transition of packing and saying goodbye to, um, to be sensitive to your own energy, feeling free to take it slow, and also be to be sensitive to one another. So we're all, many of us may be in different places in terms of how much contact and interaction we want. And so you might feel joyful and excited and want to hug everyone, but not everyone may want to be hugged. <laughs> so and particularly just around physical contact also to just, um, uh, not make assumptions. Right. And uh, maybe before engaging in any kind of a hug or anything to really just pause and to check first to see where one another are at. Yeah. So we'll be around for a little bit and... Uh... Yay. <laughs> pause. I'm going to put out my paper. Yeah, yes, my, my goal to start doing that better. Bart, I'll make it more simple for you. Just ask a quick question. Is there anyone who's signing up for my email list who, would, who wouldn't also want to be on BART's? Would not, would not want to be on BART's. I'm assuming, so let's just make it, so that email list that's out there is for both of us. And if you write your name down, I'll, I'll make sure that BART gets it. So that just simplifies things. Great. Write it down again. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.